How are we doing, everybody? It's Matt Whitmore of Fitter Food Radio, and this is episode number 33. Keris, how are you today? <laughs> We're laughing because you always ask me this question. I've been with you all day. But the thing is, what do I do? You know how I am, so it feels really false. Do I just say, I'm here with Keris anyway? <laughs> That's true. You I know. don't know, we'll have to think of a workaround. What we should do is you, and we keep saying this, you need to kick off the next episode. The podcast. Of then. the podcast, yeah. I just don't have the same radio personality that you have. Same place for radio. Yeah. But guys, episode 33, maybe you can message in with suggestions on how I can intro Keris in a, <laughs> in a, in a more spontaneous way. But guys, we've got an awesome guest on the show. Um, she's no stranger. She's a mutual friend of Kerison and mine. Um, she's been on Fitter Food Radio once before, and I'm sure this will not be the last. It is the awesome Anna Marsh. How are we doing, Anna? I'm good. How are you guys? Very, very well. Um, I'm good, thank you, Anna. <laughs> now, I actually haven't seen you, so it's a genuine answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is true. I've missed you. Oh, me too. <laughs> so, guys, um, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, make sure you do. Have a little catch-up, um, and then you can get to grips with a little bit more info on, on what Anna is all about. But if, in the meantime, Anna is a nutritional therapist, um, personal trainer, who, if I'm not mistaken, and now he's much more focused on the nutritional aspects of things. Is that right, Anna? Yeah, that's true. Awesome. And um, Anna is, of course, going to be one of the amazing speakers at our Fit Food Academy Health Hormones and Happiness Conference Seminar. What are we calling it? Conference. Conference. Moment, I think. Sounds yeah. very posh. Um, on the 29th of November, and Anna's going to be talking about everything to do with like macronutrients, a little bit on, are you doing pre and post workout as well? Um, no, not so much, but um, looking at the menstrual cycle and how the menstrual cycle fits in with our carbohydrate, I mean, our macronutrient intake or how we should adjust our macronutrient intake to fit in with our cycle. Awesome, awesome. Um, do you know what's great about this conference is I'm actually so excited to hear your talk and Emma's talk as well, so it's like a Likewise. it's like a day out for me. <laughs> what about, what about I my mean, talk? I'm just excited to meet Emma as well because I've never met her before. Have you so not? That would be great. No, oh, it's gonna be amazing. Oh, Do you yeah. know what's quite cool is that um, I mean you'll be pleased to know that over half of the tickets have already gone. So in pretty much 24 hours, over half the tickets have gone, and we're kind of seeing everyone on Facebook on Fit of Food interacting, going like, "I'm booked on. I can't wait to meet you guys and and Keris and Emma and whatnot." And it's it's just really nice because you just know that on the day. There's going to be a lot of people there that we've never met, but we kind of, in a way, know just through our online plans, the Facebook page, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. Et I think so, you'll be the same, Anna, because a lot of people have done your plans online as well and um, follow you and follow your posts. So I'm sure there's going to be faces that you've never met, but actually interact with nearly every day. Yeah, and also I think the um, sort of um, get together and networking afterwards is going to be a lot of fun. I yeah, think um, it might go on for a long time. I know. I think that we should maybe book a. A, a banqueting table at the hotel or something just stay there no it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome day I'm really excited about it and um, I'm just there's some, a lot of male personal trainers coming yeah, along yeah I mean because well. that's the thing I mean the conference itself is meant to be it's women's it's, hormones it, health it's, yeah women's hormones ho- women's hormone 
health. Sorry, I was just adding an S to every word. Health hormones and happiness. Health hormones and happiness for women. However, it doesn't mean that men cannot come along because obviously if you are a guy who's a PT or a nutritionist or a coach in some way who wants to learn a little bit more about this, there's going to be a lot of value there. So I have no idea what exact date this podcast is going to go out as we're doing a bit of a a backlog of podcasts today. But if you haven't got your tickets, head to our website, fitlondon.co.uk and book yourself a spot today. Now we're running out fast, selling out fast. Selling out fast. So, Anna, what's been going on since we spoke to you last? A lot from what I've been seeing on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt just stalks you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to put it in a, in a very, very small nutshell, um, I finished my master's in personalised nutrition. I went on a fabulous uh, yoga retreat uh, for a week. Um, then I moved from London to Bournemouth um, I bought a stand-up paddleboard, and now I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the seaside lifestyle. Oh, we're so jealous! Wow, we have this debate constantly because we're in the countryside at the moment. But I've always had this thing about living by the sea. Yeah. But Matt wants the countryside. I want the countryside. So we may have to split up to actually <laughs> succeed in our. Just, yeah. <laughs> Li- Maybe yeah. you can just do both. You can get like a little holiday house in Portugal, yeah. like, like you did um, so. for the summer and um, compromise. Well, we'll just come down to Bournemouth every every couple of just weeks, stay with yeah. you and Ben and do some stand-up paddling. That sounds amazing. I'm quite impressed that when you said you were going to put that into a nutshell, you, you absolutely nailed it because <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at that kind of thing. I go into such detail on everything that I talk about. <laughs> so well done. Well done, you. Oh, thank you. Well, you guys have got a lot going on, so it's probably more difficult to, to put everything you, you've got going on into a nutshell. Well, watching Matt write his today, which took him all day, and it was literally the day that he was born to everything he'd done <laughs> at school, to qualifications obtained. I was like, Matt, not, not this sort of information, just, like, just a no, gist no of the general qualifications. I'm really interested to hear in... Um, I've seen on Facebook some posts you've been doing on macronutrients for women and some ways that you've changed your nutrition. So I reckon it'd be great to kick off with some of that and chat through the some self-experimentation that you've been doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, this probably all started in March this year, and um, I, I do have to give a little bit of credit to a guy called, um, well, and also a very close friend of mine, Carl Williams, who, who helped me with a lot of this stuff. But um, I did a flexible dieting program uh, with him and um, just to sort of mix up my nutrition a little bit and you know at, at that point in time I'd had no health issues um, I had no major body composition issues I just wanted to be better than what it was and I remember sort of sitting down with him and saying oh I'd like to get leaner but I'm also quite lean I don't really know if I can really make any more changes you know from where I am right now Um, and we did this sort of flexible dieting program which was a huge um, you know eye-opener for me in terms of what I was eating because I realized that I was just eating way too much fat and just too little protein and carbohydrates and you know I wanted to be in the gym I you know enjoyed lifting weights and the interesting thing was also is I always thought that I had to completely beast myself in the gym to get a good result and actually 
taking a lot of the sort of high intensity nature out of my training and eating more carbohydrates and less fats um, produced a really good result. When you say flexible dieting, just uh, how, how would you describe that for our listeners? Well, I mean, there's obviously... Is that e- 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 eating macros. whilst in a hamstring stretch? Um, yeah no it's got nothing to do with that yeah so basically i mean there is the if it fits your macros flexible dieting formula which is you get given a set amount of macronutrients to eat and you can eat whatever you like you know to hit those macros and so i know there there is a lot of sort of negativity around it because um i think as matt you know we were having a little bit of a chat before we did the podcast and you were saying about you know people sort of saying you can eat whatever you want to eat and it can be pizza and cake or or whatever. Um, I didn't take that approach. Um, I just, because I do eat well and I do enjoy to eat well, I ate, you know, good, good whole foods, fitter food type of foods, but you know, just obviously adjusting the portions of different things to up the protein, up the carbs and reduce the fats. But then if I did want to have some chocolates, because chocolate is my thing, (laughs) then, you know, I'd have I'd have something and I would just make it fit. So that's the the general sort of approach I took. But it, what I did notice was that at first, it was really, really difficult for me to get the amount of protein that I needed without suddenly, you know, ramping my fats up. And the main reason for this is because I used to like to eat a lot of steak and eggs and lamb and the sort of fattier cuts of meat. You do really have to sort of go more sort of chicken and white fish um, to you know, have a little bit more flexibility if you want to have butter on your potatoes and like a nice olive oil on your salad or something like that. So it has shifted that, you know, in terms of the protein sources that I've chosen. Um, and I, well, I don't know if that's that's for better or worse, but I, I think it's for the better. It's really interesting because actually when we get people on our plans and generally when I deal with women who've come, most people have come from sort of a paleo background to, to, to Matt and I. And the first thing I see is it's a lot of bacon and eggs. It's a lot of eating like their partners eat maybe so um you know like you said loads of red meat and butter on everything and um the first thing I do is actually swap them on to things like more uh, more fish and um never I've never been sort of said more more chicken and poultry because usually women do tend to eat quite a lot of that anyway but I have got them sort of measuring their fats a bit more so rather than just chucking loads of olive oil onto salads I'm like well if you're already having oily fish and you've got avocado on that salad you could just be tipping over into too much fat and obviously we've said we've talked before about most women sort of from the paleo primal background are usually too low carb and to get them to take their carbs up we have to take I usually take the fats down a little bit that's actually a really good point because I think where some people go wrong is they try to increase their carbs without adjusting for other things yeah. um, and then of course the total number of calories go up they gain weight and then they say oh it's all these carbs which are making me gain weight but actually it's more just the fact that they're overeating when you mentioned earlier about you know the fact that you were eating far too many fats what number was that you know in terms of how many grams of fats were you eating a day when you when you felt you were eating too many I mean, I can't, I didn't actually, tra- I wasn't actually tracking my food at the time when I started this. So right. um, I don't, I don't have a before or after figure, but I know at times previously where I have tracked fats a little bit, it would have been over a hundred grams and it would have been maybe about um, 70%, 60-70% of calories. Wow. Maybe that's a bit high, maybe about 50% of calories. Um, and so what I initially started out on was 65 grams of fat a day which it doesn't maybe 
doesn't sound like it's not that low, but I think if you start to think about, you know, if you have a steak, there might be 20 grams of fat in there, you cook it in some coconut oil and you have some butter on your veggies, you very easily got up to 40 grams in one meal. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's something that um, we've actually, Matt and I end up arguing about it, haven't we? Because when we're cooking, we cook really differently now because he's so much higher fat than me. Um, and so when it comes to, like, I've said prepping a salad and stuff, he's just whacking olive oil on it. And I'm like, no, actually, because I'm going to be having, um, you know, sardines and olive oil. Um, so I don't want the olive oil on the salad. Um, and you actually accused me of being fat phobic at one point. But I was really trying to get the carbs up. And I was actually struggling almost appetite wise as well to, I don't know if you found this, to get that amount of carbohydrates in if the fats were too high, because the fat's so satiating. Yeah, I mean, I actually sort of, well, when I when I made the shift in my diet, at first I was so hungry. And I think it was um, because I had been having such a high fat intake and I'd suddenly dropped it, what my body probably felt like was low. Yeah. And so there was that initial adjustment period where I was just, I just wanted to eat all the time, even though I was having, you know, loads of carbs, loads, enough calories and, and all of that. Um, but then after a while, while um, it did just feel like t- too much carbohydrates, you know, and I was just sick, sick of eating carbs. I remember <laughs> specifically feeling like that. It was okay if I trained hard, yeah. Um, but before I started cycling my carbs, I was still having the same amount of carbohydrates every day, even if I hadn't trained. So then I found if I hadn't trained, it was just so hard to eat all those carbs. And so I what, do what think you know, personally, the- I'm a, I like fatty foods. I like avocado. I like butter. I don't really, I mean, I'll eat some sweet potato and rice and stuff but it's not really like you know some people love it and they yeah. just want a whole plate for it I'm not really one of those types of people I mean I, I found that I, I managed to switch really gradually I know what you mean I, I was struggling at first in that I've never sort of gone oh I could really fancy rice tonight or um, but actually when I've been we've been making some um like sweet potato salads where we're mixing it with like mustard haven't we and and cherry tomato like actually just trying to make it more appetizing has, has made a bit of a difference for me um and I've been able to sort of bump my car up that way but have you moved on to sort of grains and and more refined foods just to try and bump up that carbohydrate intake um it, it would sometimes depend on the day um i initially started out doing more sort of like white rice and some porridge oats if i had trained so in you know my post-workout meal um but i actually didn't i didn't really find i got along with that so well i think um they did tend to maybe make me feel a little bit like bloated and heavy yeah. and i think i do generally prefer to get my carbohydrates from like potato white you know sweet potato white potato and fruits but then there there were times when i would use refined sugars like i like to use some vitago in my um during my workouts and uh, you know just to give a little bit of sugar and um, and i had like a little bit of a sort of naughty crutch which was on a Saturday or Sunday, so on a Sunday if I trained, then I would go to Nero and get like a low fat mocha latte or something <laughs> like that, which has got about 50 grams of sugar in it. Oh really? And, wow. Yeah, so I, I was on about 150 grams of carbs a day, so you can see even with that, it still leaves me about 100 grams, which is still 500 grams of sweet potato. Yeah, yeah. But I guess, but it's probably an important thing to say then to the people listening is that I, I got away with that 
because I think I generally do have a healthy metabolism. I don't have a, like a bad history of dieting and a slow metabolism or anything like that. But different people with different amounts of with you know different states of health or different insulin sensitivity wouldn't necessarily get away with doing it like that. Yeah, I know. I think that's well, we've been as Matt uh, mentioned with the flexible dieting. When I was first sort of reading up on some of the different websites, I was I was sort of getting annoyed with it because I was thinking for, from a hormonal perspective, some people just are not ready and gut perspective some people just are not ready for these foods yeah. and if anything you know like all the work we're doing trying to create healthier alternatives is sort of being undermined by saying no no no, go out and have like cheat night um you know twice a week or whatever as long as it fits your macros but i do i, I do get it in terms of compliance and actually for some people like you just said like yourself you are you know hormonally i'd say you're certainly hormonally optimized you know it, it can really work and it is a sustainable approach that means that you can you know every now and then eat those foods that you really want to have and treat yourself and in a way i think matt and i by nature have sort of become a bit more flexible haven't we Just oh good yeah i mean well, the thing is it's like because uh, i put on facebook a few weeks ago didn't i um i said i, I can't remember what did i say and i said something like oh uh, flexible dieting isn't that just another word for weight watchers um because i'm not as um clued up on flexible dieting as like anna is or other people but from what i had gathered more so from like the few sources that i had looked into what it was just it was so much about you know having your burger and chips you can have your chips your burgers your ice cream your pizzas and still get ripped and this that and the other there was so much focus on all these processed foods that you could eat and on two of the websites that I looked at there was no mention of kind of like nailing the the principles of kind of like a balanced unprocessed diet most of the time yeah. because it became it was more so it was more about the sell you know like because th- these sites that I were looking at were trying to sell programs so for me it was like they lost sight of what it really is which is essentially eating good quality food most of the most time, of the time and then every now and again having, you know, a carb, sugar-rich, fat, cheesy meal or whatever it is that fits in with your macros, which, to be fair, is is pretty much what I do in a way. But I tend to just have it as well as my regular macros. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Actually, when you do the, the flexible dieting, there's, um, they give you a fiber goal as well. So you're supposed to hit a certain amount of fiber each day. And um, I mean, how much fiber someone should have is also debatable because people with gut issues might not do so well on a higher fiber diet, at least initially. But all of that aside, I think it's actually, I would just sometimes wonder if some of these people who do go crazy aren't doing it properly, because I think it would be difficult to really go to town with a lot of junk foods and eat sufficient fiber Um, and also as I found probably more so because I tend my treat foods are fattier foods like dark chocolate and that sort of thing is that even if I did want to have a treat I really couldn't make it fit so well because I would just end up with like no fat for the rest of the day and then I'd be eating dry chicken and spinach or something (laughs) which is not very appealing I loved your post where you were saying about how you made that allowance for dark chocolate being your um your your bit of your fat macronutrient that day I was thinking that's such an argument for eating chocolate every day I love that (laughs) (laughs) it's a real win for me but I think for some people it doesn't work because they, they might have the bar and they think, oh, well, I can have 20 grams, but they just can't stop once they get that taste for it. Well, well, so. that, that's the other key, isn't it? Because <laughs> We are trying to uh, – just sorry, before we get on, we were trying to do that. Like <laughs> The other week I was going, I'm just going to have – 
two squares. And I can sometimes do it, but then sometimes I don't know if it's just been a bad day and I just end up eating four, then six, and I'm like, I need to put the chocolate away now. <laughs> it's weird how some days I've got it and some days I haven't. You're, yeah. you're, you're worse with chocolate than me. I am, but then that is probably my only vice, where I'm not sat there eating peanut bloody ice cream on a Saturday Shh. night. Or... Yeah, I was just about to say, Karis is probably better when it comes to ice cream. Yeah, it's <laughs> because she doesn't like it. It, it is pretty much my only vice. It's just like, if I could just have chocolate, I can I can find... I, like, I love eating healthy food anyway, So, but that is my one thing that I'm like, oh, just a bit of chocolate after dinner. But in my defence, I've just done five days chocolate-free. You have. <laughs> I did that last week, actually. Did you? Yeah. It hasn't been the same this week, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just feel like I need to regain control of this situation to prove that I can. And so I did it. And then I'm just like today so excited because it's Chocolate Friday. <laughs> I've already planned what's coming after dinner. She named the day. I've got three different types from Hotel Chocolat. So, so our nice. fridge, honestly, two thirds of our fridge is full of chocolate. Delicious. Sorry, one third of our fridge. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's a lot. Yeah. How big is e- this fridge? <laughs> e- every shelf in the door is a different variety of chocolate. Yeah. It's insane. But in my defence, I've just done five days without eating any of that chocolate, which you, you, said that you could not do if that was ice cream in the fridge. This is very true. Well, if the ice cream was in the fridge, it would have melted. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it should be in the freezer. <laughs> I was going to say something. Because um, what I was going to say was, you know, you said about some people can't stop after they've had like a certain amount of chocolate or a cheap food. And that for me is kind of like one of the major problems is that a lot of people that probably have got like a body composition issue that they're trying to address um, are probably leptin resistant. And when it comes to having this so-called cheap meal or flexible meal, they actually overconsume massively. Because they can't stop eating it, if that makes sense. Um, they don't have that kind of like, it's that sense of self-control that other people might have. Yeah, and I think in that sort of situation, it's very much about dealing with those sort of deeper psychological you know, issues, the things that trigger binges, then you need to, you know, deal with that first. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just, you know, it's never, it's always going to be there, you know, even if they can be good for a few days, but then it will come back. I was going to say, did you have any um, other sort of light bulb moments then across this experiment about things that you think going forward, I would definitely change that and continue with that? Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I've still continued to track my food. Um, So I've been tracking now for six or seven months, which some people find it really tedious, but I think my personality type does enjoy it. Um, A few light bulb things, I think, well, on a personal level, just I I can eat more carbohydrates than what I thought I could. And um, it's helped me so much in terms of physical performance because, um, you know, when I first started after bumping my carbs up, I was going to the gym um, and, you know, every single week I was getting stronger and stronger and the strongest I've I've probably ever been. So, I mean, that's been great because, um, you know, you know all of this stuff, but I think when you apply it to yourself, you know, you really do see, you know, how important it is to make sure you're properly fueled for your workouts and things like that. For a more sort of general thing, just, you know, for for people's own awareness, I think, you know, a lot of problems we see with, um, you know, weight issues and health issues is that there's a lot of systems which are dysregulated, like Matt mentioned leptin and obviously insulin is a big one. And I think if people, if you are sort of tracking your macros, it just does bring that awareness back into what you're doing. Because sometimes 
sometimes people think they're doing okay. And when they put it all down on paper and they see the numbers, they sometimes get that a bit more awakening as to, you know, what's actually going into their food and how much they're eating and how that's contributing to their total intake. So I think it's a really good thing for people to do. You don't have to do it forever, but, you know, in the short term, that's great for raising awareness. You get an idea, don't you, of of what 100 grams of of carbohydrate looks like across a day and and I don't know personally I get I'd sort of I'm quickly I'll quickly memorize foods I eat a lot like the different fruits how many carbs are in a banana and stuff yeah yeah, and how much is in my shake and so it becomes quite an easy calculation doesn't it yeah and especially when I work with clients like I can just look at their food diary and I can do some quick maths and I can probably tell them what's in their food without computing it because I'm so aware now of everything that's in all different food but people are very visual as well aren't they so like you say when you give someone a you know you need to get x amount of fats proteins and carbs like because of that visual aspect of it a lot of people respond very very well to that kind of thing I mean I know I personally do yeah and I think people are goal orientated as well so if you set them a you know something a target to hit they, they know if they've if you know if they haven't hit it if they're over shots if they've under shots um, and it gives them something to work towards and how are you doing um recently I've been helping quite a lot of clients who um have actually had um one individual who had loads and loads of functional testing done and loads of supplements and one thing that hadn't been done is one just looking at overall calorie intake and macronutrient breakdown and and the timing of the nutrients and and so I sat with her and said like we don't even sort of know what your total calorie intake is really like she'd never even sort of addressed that Um, and she had no idea how to figure out what a calorie needs might be Um, I've just sort of been using BMR and physical activity level as a starting point and then adjusting it based on on people's sort of results but did you use anything a bit more technical after doing your studies? I mean in terms of working with clients or for yourself as well yeah, no, for your, well, I was going to say, what did you use for yourself when you were doing this? Well, I mean, I was just sort of going off the guidelines of, you know, because I was working with Carl and he was sort of helping me set the macros and I was just, you know, being the sort of, uh, you know, I didn't want to have to think about it too much for myself. I just wanted to follow instructions and have the accountability. So he was sort of giving me the, the macronutrients to go off. And um, on reflection, and I'm sure he'll agree with me as well, I think we, we were sort of dropping calories as well. Um, as time went by and I think we probably didn't necessarily need to do that because I got to a point when I was getting very hungry and my performance was um, not necessarily my performance but uh, my you know body my body weight was stalling um, and actually when I sort of um, sort of broke three free from what I was doing with him and just went went alone and I listened to my body a bit more and just up things according to hunger and how hard I had trained in the gym um, I sort of broke through that plateau again so um, for myself, I very much used sort of you know my own feedback, but some people aren't necessarily body aware enough to do that. Yeah. Um, with clients, I usually get them to track what they're doing for a few days before I give them any advice, and then I sort of see what they're doing um, and just give them a starting point. Um, because I think with most people is that the problem is they don't really do anything consistently. So first of all, I just ask them to be consistent, um, and then it's a case of 
just manipulating the variables depending on the result. So very often if you give someone a consistent plan to follow, they get results even if it's the wrong plan. It's just the fact that they're being consistent. Um, but then at least you have a baseline so that you can tweak things up or down if need be. Yeah, and I I'd really agree with that. And I've done a little bit of sort of reverse dieting with some clients with um, some successes. Um, this is more so with male clients who've been actually training sometimes, you know, crossfitters who've been training maybe twice a day on some days, but, you know, eating probably as many calories as I would eat on a day. Yeah. Um, and we sort of did a very, very slow um, bumping up of everything and um, got some really good results in terms of, you know, you know, strength performance gains, um, some, some body fat reduction by the fact that we're actually giving them more food to eat um and you know with this sort of particular case i guess the idea is to get them we're trying to get them to a point where they actually started to put on weight so we had a really really nice big calorie um load to work with and then we can then we've got more to sort of strip back at a later date if, if they want to get a little bit leaner Gosh, you know that, can you imagine doing that with women though? That would be a lot harder task. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to ramp up the calories, see what happens and take put it from the, there. <laughs> yeah. I think with athletes, it's a little bit easier because they've got that performance goal in mind. Yeah, so yeah. as long as they're, um, you know, hitting some PBs in the gym and, um, you know, performing well, they've at least got that. But if you just make someone fat, they're usually not very happy. Yeah, I don't. I was going to say it's interesting. Because I quite like the idea of seeing how much I can push it before. Yeah, getting fat. I thought you might. Can 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 you work with me a little bit? <laughs> sure. Can I'm you do me a diet that means I get to eat lots more food? Well, no, what I was going to say was I've, I've noticed um, just when there's been occasions where maybe at the weekend we've gone out and eaten, like, say, more food or I've eaten maybe more carbohydrates or something. And um, occasionally, I don't do this consistently, but I run with Hamish, like, every now and then. Um, and Hamish is, like, the best personal trainer you could have because he will just <laughs> run for miles. And on days when I don't have much time, it's quicker to run with him than obviously do the walk. And I've noticed such a big difference after a higher-carb day, how, how, just how much more effortless the run is. Um, but it's a really hard thing psychologically to start bumping up carbs to support the training. I don't know why I've got, a, you know, like you change your mindset a little bit because I don't have a performance goal at the moment. I'm sort of like, I should really, I should really find one. And I think I'd get more tailored nutrition and be more successful at my own nutrition if I had a training goal. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something I say to a lot of my clients. So it's, um, it, I'm a massive fan of, um, weight training. That's just what I love and it's what I do. And so for me, it's very easy to structure things because I have a set program that I follow. So I would do like four days a week and you know day one is always the same day two is always the same so I I know exactly what my intensity and volume is going to be every week so it means that I know that each week my food should be about the same and then if I change something in my training so if I add in a hit day then I know um, maybe I need to manipulate something in my diet um, and I know my days I don't train I maybe back off some of the carbs a bit so because my training is so structured I can structure my food really well to complement it that's but a I really think good point that what you often see especially there's a lot of popularity in crossfit and boot camp and things like that but, CrossFit, um, what's, what's that <laughs> it's very very um, <laughs> you know people love the social aspect of the training and they love that sort of um kick they get from working really hard but from one session to another your intensity and volume is so variable and no how, how do you there? determine your diets because yeah that's a really good point i've never actually thought of that because you know things like 
what you would do pre-workout you know like for a strength-based session compared to a massively endurance yeah. glycogen depleting session would vary Completely so different. much and and that's a that's a really good point Anna. <laughs> <laughs> just had a revelation <laughs> do you know what I've, why I've, crossfit boot camps are flawed in terms of no but it's like because you know like i mean i've i've always had like I've, I've got mixed opinions on crossfit like there, there are certain aspects of it that i absolutely love there are certain things i don't agree with but then that goes across the board for a lot of dicks one thing but, i just say in in their defence, just to interrupt you. No, 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 it's not. It's, there's no need to defend them. I'm not having a dig. No, 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 I know you're not. No, no. What I was going to say was, even when CrossFit gyms and boot camps, and even we tried to do this with Fit London, was structure our timetable so that people did have more programs. So we would have like two strength-based classes, recovery classes, um, you know, different endurance. People would just do them all. <laughs> so it didn't yeah. matter how we tried to structure it and space out sessions. People just wanted to go to them all, and it just made no sense. Sometimes we would be like, we'd do a morning and an evening class, and they'd do strength in the morning and be back for the evening, which might even be the same workout, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, does it? And, and it was, it to was... be honest, most people also aren't aware how to change their nutrition based yeah. on that. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just this whole thing of more is better, uh, you know, trying to break that cycle in people. Sorry, Matt, carry on what you were going to say. No, no, no. I just, um, it's just funny how I've never actually thought of that. The, the, you know what Anna has just mentioned so but also yeah. I think in, in, like you've just said in terms of a health goal it's quite hard in that people doing those sorts of um, classes and sports will often have multiple health goals so when they come to me they say they want to be able to lift this much sprint this fast row this do and it's just so many different goals it's just you know that saying of chase one rabbit catch one rabbit chase many catch none it, I, yeah. I do feel that there is an element of that in, uh, and obviously the nutrition is just going to be similar isn't it oh yeah, yeah 100% I mean it's, it's, it's funny how you know because i do like a varied training routine but more so like for you know like my, my mental <laughs> sanity you know just to make sure that i have remained stimulated but equally there's always a like you said you know you're, I, you're following I, a program though yeah i always follow a program i know exactly what i'm doing that program is progressive and and whatnot and there's just there's enough variety there to keep me stimulated but ultimately like you anna you know each week i know exactly what i'm doing in advance and i can tailor my nutrition to that Anna, talk us through what your uh, program is now so what is your your four sessions what they consist of um, um, well, I mean, it's nothing fancy at all. It's um, at the moment, it's just um, I do four days, as I said. Um, two of those days are legs and back, and two of those days are legs and um, like chest press exercises. Um, so I usually do split the legs as well. So it's um, sort of more glute and ham focused, and then um, more sort of quad focused, um, you know, on different days. So. That's basically it. I do I do supersets. So I've got four different sets of supersets that I do. So it's eight exercises. Um, you know, four for upper body, four lower body, and I'm in and out in forty five minutes, and it's great. <laughs> Matt, Matt could never do that. What? Be in and out of a gym in forty five minutes. I know. He's either doing his hair in the mirror or <laughs> chatting to the guy on the bench pressing no, next to him. No, I am. No, that's not fair. It's worse than any woman in the gym. When, when I train, I'm in the zone, and it's very rare that anyone can get a conversation in with me. But it's normally what I do before and after my training session. I'm quite selfish, really, because I don't like it when people come and talk to me when I'm training, but I'm more than happy to have a conversation with someone else when they're in the middle of their set. <laughs> 
Thank you. I'm, I'm, I get so annoyed as well. I'm really, really strict on my rest breaks. I have my yeah, little like, stopwatch on my arm and, you know, when a minute's up, it's time to go. And if someone talks to me, I get, you know, I'm shuffling around from one foot to the other, just like waiting to get on with things. <laughs> See, the thing is, Anna, you're too polite. I, I just say, look, I'm going to do my next set. If they want to wait around and wait for my next rest period, that's absolutely fine. Or but... even worse, if they carry on talking to you when you're trying to bench press, that's not going <laughs> to yeah, that's, that's when they yeah, see helpful. like uh, an impolite side of me. Um, one thing I was going to ask, Annie, we chatted very briefly about fasting. Have you sort of um, changed your opinion on fasting based on any of the research you were doing over the summer, or is it still? I think we talked about it on the last podcast a little bit, didn't we? How we don't feel it works for most people. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you've just opened up a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Yay! So um, I'm going to try and give a little bit of context and not. Um, take too long doing it but um so my master's was on um uh one of the mitochondrial genes so for those of the listeners who don't know the mitochondria are the fat burning organelles in the cell um so it's basically you know if you are if you know one of these genes is upregulated, it makes fat burning more efficient and one of the things i was looking at in my research was um nutritional strategies or nutritional you know products or nutrients um which would up regulate the specific gene and obviously one of the things that came up was fasting and um, you know fasting is shown to upregulate the mitochondrial genes so from that perspective you know I think it can be good um, but then I think it's because obviously when you do research you're in such a closed little box of you know your research and what you're doing um, you're not necessarily thinking functionally which is what you and I would do when we're with the client you think about the bigger picture so I, I don't know I think I still stand by my belief that fasting isn't great for most people but I think that's very much in the context of the society we live in. Yeah. Um, because I can tell you about my yoga retreat, oh, yeah. where we basically did like a involuntary, you know, intermittent fasting. Um, and I, you know, and, and that was fine because we were so relaxed the whole time we were there. I can imagine. That's, that's when I can actually fast is sometimes on holiday. I'll just have a tea and then, I don't know, if you're yeah. doing really nice stuff, I don't even think about food. Yeah, I mean... Um, you know, it's funny because when we were on this yoga retreat, um, we were told in advance the food was going to be vegetarian. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to get so hungry. I'm not going to be getting enough protein. My blood sugar is going to get all imbalanced. Um, and, you know, that, that, none of that stuff happened, you know. And, um, and it was every time we ate, we ate breakfast in the morning after two and a half hour session and we ate dinner in the evening after a two and a half hour session so every time you eat you're just you're so relaxed that you know digestion is good um you're you're because your stress hormones aren't going all over the place you're not getting the blood sugar dysregulation that you would usually get on potentially a, a higher carb lower protein diet um so yeah i think it's just you know I think stress has got such a massive, you know, part to play in, in all of the stuff that goes on. Yeah, definitely. We've, 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 um, as you know, we've done like a few uh, podcasts today and, and it's it's come up in every single podcast, hasn't it, pretty much, Matt, as just our biggest battle with clients, our biggest battle for ourselves. Um, and it's just, I don't know, and I think that the solutions are so different for each individual that it's really hard to 
to, I mean, I know I personally find it hard to sort of, I can guide people through a lot of the things and offer solutions, but in terms of finding the right one for that person, it's just very individual. Yeah, I think as well, is it's very individual. The, the, the individual has to, they've got to really put so much effort in because there's so many different things that need to be managed, you know, sleep, relationships, lifestyle, food, exercise there's so many different avenues um you know that need to you know be coped with and it's not easy you know for someone to you know turn around and perhaps get rid of people in their life that are really stressing them out or you know learn coping strategies to deal with those people better so you know stress is one of those things that is probably the most difficult things which is what you're speaking about at the conference yeah do you know what I'm actually going to do um because obviously uh, as you know me Anna um I'm not brilliant with stress but I have done <laughs> I've experimented with a lot and I'm going to continue my experimentation over the next few weeks um I've been asking people on the podcast about what they do um so we've had emotional freedom technique mentioned um, meditation tai chi and i'm going to road test all of it um, as well as trying to change my diary a little bit and and work less we're trying to have more weekends off which um is actually easier being what? out of london i mean do you find this having moved out of london to bournemouth like i instantly feel um different like i feel just the fresh air the open space the greenery and and i do feel like it gets to the weekend and i don't know what it is about london but it's almost like you carry you almost carry on as if it's the week um, by just packing loads of social stuff in gym and and it, it's just you're still on the treadmill in so many ways no I mean I think I do I do feel the benefits of moving um and just I was saying to Matt actually um before the podcast is that even in the daytime like at lunchtime I can just go for a walk and it's I can actually go, get down to the beach in about five minutes from where I am and Amazing. being down by the sea I'm being able to take you know 45 minutes down by the sea or even not even a walk but just go sit sit in the sun for a bit that feels very different to in London where it's just you know a tiny little park and you've got to walk maybe through some busy roads to get there first so that's um it does make a big difference what else do you do in terms of trying to trying to relax do you meditate or use any alternatives or therapies um well yoga is really good for me um i used to um when i was still living in london every single thursday i would go to a yoga class um a try yoga in chelsea with um just the most amazing yoga instructor who's the same one I did the retreat on and I always found that every single Thursday night after I've done that class I would sleep amazingly well so I think that yoga is good um the meditation I actually did for the first time when we were on the retreat and I say I I know that it's good for you I just I find it difficult I I do need to get into probably the right headspace to make that a consistent thing but I think probably the biggest thing is just um leaving my phone uh, you know, not taking yeah. my phone with me if I go out, um, turning the laptop off, trying not to be on Facebook and things like that too late at night, um, getting out into nature, doing fun stuff and just leaving all the technology behind. That, that makes the biggest difference for me. It's, it's funny because where, where we are in Stratford-Haven at the moment, um, we are, I mean, we are considering moving up here. Uh, we're, we're, we're staying up here for, for a good while now. Um, but something we have considered is uh, renting an office space up here because we quite like the idea of just keeping work and our home life completely separate as you would if you had a regular nine till five job. Because as you know, Anna, and we spoke about this before, 
you know, trying to switch off when you are self-employed and your your work is just there, you know, on your phone or on your laptop, which is just next to you. When I, you're trying I just to... say, I think it's people that are employed as well now. Because oh, they've no, got no, their, no, their no, boss the in them every 10 minutes. Yeah, but yeah. The, I'm not saying that there's any less pressure. Yeah. But what I mean is, is that, you know, when you're self-employed, there is a, a greater pressure to yeah. earn an income rather than earning your salary for nine till five or nine till six, whatever it may be. Because a lot of the stuff we do with our online plans, there is no kind of, you can only get in touch and ask us a question between nine and five. Yeah. You know, we do, kind you, of... do you set those ground rules? No, maybe we should. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying that you did. No, 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 good, but that's a great idea, Anna. There we go. For our next 40 day plan, <laughs> you guys can thank Anna for that. No, no good question. Luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I was going to say was, is that the idea I like is that if we had an office, you know, we'd get up in the morning, we'd go to the office, we'd do our thing. But then I quite the idea, because I'm, I'm contemplating getting another phone as a personal phone and having my other phone that I've got now as a, a work phone. And at the end of the day, just leaving everything at the office, laptop, business phone, so that once, you know, six, seven o'clock comes, just boom, it's home time, we can go home, have dinner. You know, we couldn't even work if we wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I've got that. I've got two phones. Um, so I've got only a, a limited number of people have the number for my personal phone, and then, you know, everything else is on my um, my BlackBerry. But, oh, you've um, got BlackBerry, yeah. The thing is, you can still get Facebook on your on your phone. Don't yeah. install it. I've seen people actually deleting it off their phone. Just get get yeah. yourself an old school Nokia yeah. thirty two ten or something. When life was good, honestly, that is when life was good. When, when, when all there was to distract you was Snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a snake. I, I, know, used to, right? I used to be so good at Snake. <laughs> used to play it on the train. I actually used to love that phone, the Nokia thirty two ten. That's such a good phone. You know, I, I honestly do sort of, in a way, really wish that technology hadn't, as, as amazing as it has been, I wish it hadn't advanced so quickly because I think, sometimes I think it's br- brought more negatives than it has sort of health benefits because since we've moved away, actually, and been away over the summer, and, and you do Skype people and call people, but it's made me realise how little we actually saw of people in London. Um, I don't know if you think the same, because you just rely on text and Facebook and... Um, yeah. Uh, email all the time and actually since we came away we started skyping people properly didn't we and it was yeah. nice to see their faces again and just think <laughs> god actually we haven't seen you for months even though we were in london it's really it's almost led to the downfall of people getting in touch and and real sort of community values hasn't it actually yeah. meeting up yeah and even that just the difference is that people because you can just whatsapp someone you maybe wouldn't pick up the phone and call them and speak to them you know yeah. just have a chat so there's you know there's sort of different layers to it as well and it's so funny how parents like generation hasn't quite got there yet like matt's mom still calls and then if matt doesn't answer calls me and then if i don't answer calls the neighbor to come around it's like <laughs> she doesn't do text well, she's got, it's got to speak to us when we're back in london she'll call me then you then the then landline, the landline. <laughs> then my mom's landline <laughs> to ask if we're in <laughs> have you heard from matt <laughs> has to speak to you but sometimes it can be more direct if you just sometimes if you just call someone you get whatever you need to say said as opposed to all the toing and froing and things like that so yeah definitely maybe it's better that she doesn't move on <laughs> this, this is true actually I mean because I've con because my mum has got a proper old school phone and she's forever ringing me to say oh can you just check this online for me can you check that online for me and I'm like mum you know if you just got a decent phone like you could check this all yourself and um, I've kind of, I was about to say she might listen to this, but she won't. 
we're actually thinking of getting her one for her birthday this year. Uh, like a decent phone that she can go online with and stuff. Um, but then I just thought, God, if my mum went on Facebook, <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine? The phone would ring, then my phone would ring, and then you'd be Facebook into In, Messenger instant popping message. up. <laughs> I, know, I know you're online. Yeah, <laughs> I can see you and see your phone. Um, Anna, just going back to your yoga retreat, how did you find the vegetarian food for a week then? Oh, was it veggie? Yeah. yeah. So did you, obviously you said that you felt amazing because you were so relaxed. But how did that figure macros? Did, did, did it change when you <laughs> came back? I did track that week. <laughs> Did you come back thinking I could eat more vegetarian meals or were you like, no way, not doing that again? No, I definitely did. Um, I mean, the food we had was really great. Um, the place that um, where the retreat was held was called um, Suleiman's Gardens. It was in Turkey. And um, so we were actually staying in this place where they grew all their own produce. Wow. So what we ate every evening and, or morning and lunchtime was, you know, fresh vegetables from the garden. Um, so it was all organic and everything like that. And they did lots of the uh, you know the, the the Turkish food is generally very very good, and they have a lot of veg vegetable dishes with a lot of flavour. So for dinner most nights it would just be you know four or five different types of vegetarian you know dishes with, with lots of vegetables. It wasn't vegetarian food like cheese and tomato pasta or you know things like that. It was all sort of <laughs> vegetables. There was some bread on the table, um, which I may have had some. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For breakfast, um, on every second day we got eggs at breakfast time, and then there was one evening we got some fish for dinner. What What did but you have on the 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 mornings when you didn't have eggs? Um, well, there was just like um, sort of Mediterranean-style breakfast, so like olives, tomato, cucumber, feta cheese. There was some fruits and like muesli, but I, I'm not such a big fan of those types of foods yeah. for breakfast. I like the more savory stuff. So it was um, yeah, just sort of like olives and salady type things so it it was good and I did I do remember saying to Ben when we left I was like yeah I think I could eat more vegetarian but actually since I've been back I probably say that I've just continued to eat how I, I normally would how did Ben find it yeah he thought it was really good for him as well so I mean neither of us were hungry um what I would say though is that you you because you're having vegetables, you do just tend to eat so many vegetables that you say, can actually yeah. feel a little bit bloated just because you're so full of Fiber. vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that bloating carry over to your downward dogs? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were fine. It's just that very <laughs> full feeling after a meal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, this is the first yoga retreat I've done, and I only would ever do one class a week if I could make it some, you know, so it wouldn't necessarily even be every week. Yeah. And I just think it was such a great experience, and I, I would recommend it to anyone, you know, if you just actually want to take some time out for a week. Yeah. How much know. yoga was you doing a day? Is it like four hours, you just said? Five hours, but it was kind of, it was very, very, you know, they pace you, so you do sort of like 20 minutes of meditation, and then um, the evening, the morning session was quite, um, you know, physical, and then some of the evening sessions were just really, really relaxed, like sometimes just holding very passive poses for like five minutes 
minutes each time. So, oh, um, and we do like breathing techniques and all sorts of things. The other thing I did also when, when I was there was I, you know, completely, you know, because we were talking about technology, I didn't check my phone, I didn't t- check my email, I read a, you know, paper book, I didn't have a Kindle or anything like that um, the whole time we were there. And that was amazing. really great. That's amazing. That's awesome. Do you know, actually, I've had, I've had a massive step forward in terms of my um, stress, um, well, stress management strategy. I've managed to read two books, paperback books. The, no, I'm not lying. These are the nutrition f- books. Yeah, two non-nutrition books for the first time in what I don't know since. Whatever, really. I would Ever say, since I've no, no, since I'll be know the date since 2010, I think. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. And I, I just can't believe it. And that's because I've been carrying myself off to bed, turning my phone off, turning my laptop off, sometimes about 8 o'clock, and then just thinking, I'm just going to read. Because even TV, I think, is sometimes a bit too stimulating, yeah. um, depending on what you're watching. And nowadays, because nowadays, everything seems to be about diet programs, I just get wound up <laughs> watching them. So I'm just like, oh. And I've managed to read two books. So I'm thinking that's a good sign, definitely. If I can focus and read a book for the first time, it's not nutrition-based. Yeah, actually, that's what I, I tend to do as well, is I'm not a big TV person for some reason. I just don't really like watching TV that much. Yeah. Ben always gets so annoyed with me because um, he he's likes watching TV and I was like, I'm just going to go to bed and read my book. And he's like, what? You're not going to hang out with me? So. <laughs> that is That's so exactly funny. what we do. That's exactly the same <laughs> as us. Because I find that TV, if I'm watching something half decent, Relaxes really you. helps me switch off. Whereas even reading, it just still, my, my brain just doesn't fully switch off. And I'll just, I'll be reading and then all of a sudden I'll start thinking about, you know, like an idea that I've got with fit of food. But then or... you always buy books about training and entrepreneurial stuff. So that's <laughs> true, true. You should read entrepreneurial books before bed. No. I know, I get all excited. I'm like, I'm gonna take over the world. I actually give Matt a curfew if he's up watching telly. If he's not in bed by nine he has to sleep in the spare room. So I cannot be disturbed. Which <laughs> is exactly what happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> Your magnesium is outside the bedroom door. <laughs> <laughs> you were very matter-of-fact last night. You're very, look, I'm going to bed. If you're not in bed in 10 minutes, <laughs> sleep in the other room. This, this is 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, no, this was, this was a bit later. because no, it wasn't I, late last night. It was about half nine. <laughs> I have actually found, though, that after, and I'm sure you do the same, I've started to try and, well, because if you do read, you actually get a natural, more of a natural feedback about when you need to sleep. And sometimes I've crashed at like half eight. So it's obviously showing me that I needed that much sleep, basically. I, I, that happens to me as well. Oh, that's good. I can easily fall asleep by half past eight. There you go, you see. And when you sleep all the way through till like seven o'clock the next day? Um, yeah, maybe like 6.30 or something like that. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to cover from your research and, and yoga retreat for our listeners? No, I, I think we've, we've said a lot, actually. But what um, we'll probably do is get you, um, we'll, we'll definitely do another podcast with you before the um, Women's Health Hormones and Happiness, um, nearer the time, just um, to give a bit of an insight into what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm so excited about your talk, <laughs> definitely. We'll be, we'll be like furiously taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> the pressure's on now. Oh, whatever, research. Anna. You, you, you know you'll always deliver. Have you got anything that you want to tell our readers? Uh, readers? readers. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm in that reading zone. Our listeners about in terms of what you're doing, any projects, any things online that you've got on offer? Yeah, well, um, nothing... Well, actually, probably by the time this goes out, then things will be a little bit more developed. But I am going. I am developing a, um, a nutrition plan at the moment for ladies that lift, um, and it is 
macronutrient focused so it covers a lot of the stuff we actually spoke about today Amazing. um very much in the development side of things and obviously it's for those people who are willing to track their food if if you're the type of person who thinks that that's a bit tedious for you then it's not going to be for you but yeah if people want to check that out i'm sure that um you know there'll be some more information out and by the time that this podcast comes on but they can always just um get in touch with me through my facebook page which is anna marsh nutrition and um go from there and what was your website you are you doing this to make fun of me again no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's it's anamashnutrition.co.uk. Oh yeah, because last time we had the when you said the CO. Oh the yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's CO. Yeah, God, I forgot about that. I was thinking, what was she on about? I had to think then. <laughs> I thought that was a little dig. No, no. I'm going to sign up to your program, Anna, and you can work out my macros so I can just hand all that over to you <laughs> and let you deal with it. This would be awesome. Yeah. Yep, and I'll just be answerable to you. Actually, I think we may be Matt as well. We've so far today, everyone we've interviewed, we're like, we're saying, sign us up, we'll do it. Well, we, we, we spoke to um, uh, a mate of ours, uh, James Hanley, who's a strength coach, uh, just before before yourself, and he's doing a strength program for us. So this would be awesome. You can do our macros. You, macros yeah. to go with. <laughs> yeah. Macros from you, and then strength program from him. Emotional freedom technique sessions booked as well, where we're going to tap our faces, <laughs> which <laughs> Matt is still not convinced on, but we're going to see. Hey, got to try and see, right? Definitely. Oh, Anna, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, the, the, the hours flown by, and um, I can't wait to see you on the 29th of November. It seems like ages away, but no doubt it'll fly by. Yeah, I'm sure. It's been lovely to speak to you as well. Likewise. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, yes, guys, definitely check out Anna's stuff. Um, we, we've known her for some time now, and she's absolutely awesome. Um, practices what she preaches every single day. Um, so definitely check out her website, Facebook page uh, for some awesome content. And like I said, check out fitterfood.co.uk. Uh, fitter Get yourself a ticket for our um, Fitter Food Academy conference, Health, Hormones and Happiness for Women. There is not many spaces left. And in fact, by the time this goes out they might be all gone oh oh dear <laughs> <laughs> alright Anna so enjoy the rest of the day and we will speak to you very soon bye bye bye